This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Daughter Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Monday, March 20th, the Too Much Truth edition. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. I'm the mom of three littles, Henry, who's 10, Oliver, who's 8, and Teddy, who's 6. We live in Colorado Springs, Colorado. I'm Zach Rosen. I make the Best Advice Show podcast, and I'm the dad to Noah, who's 5, and Ami, who's 2. We live in Detroit. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and mom to Naima, who is nearly 10, and we live in Los Angeles. Today, we've got a jam-packed episode. We're going to be tackling two questions. First, we've got a friendship kerfuffle stemming from a dose of the truth instead of a white lie. Then we've got a question about dogs being underfoot now that there's a baby in the picture. We'll then wrap it up with a round of recommendations. Okay, let's kick it off with our first listener question. Dear mom and dad, I've got a kid friendship question. My seven-year-old hurt a friend's feelings by being honest about something most adults would tell a white lie about. No cruel words were used, just stating facts. I got a text about it from the child's parents because of the hurt feelings. I was apologetic and talked to my kid about how that made her friend feel. My question has two parts. First, do you have any tips for explaining how honesty can be hurtful? Should I encourage her to tell white lies? Second, is this normal to reach out to another parent about what I would consider a minor friendship issue? My parents were immigrants and never got involved in my friendships. I made plenty of mistakes I probably could have used some guidance with, but I also feel like support should be coaching your own child, not asking for other parents to step in. Is this what modern parenting looks like? Thanks. Just trying to be honest. This is a great question. I'm really curious what was said, um, but we don't know. <laughs> Me too. I'll take it in two parts. Do you have any tips for explaining how honesty can be hurtful? Should I encourage her to tell white lies? So no, I do not think you should encourage your seven-year-old to tell white lies. However, I do think seven is old enough to start teaching the art of omission, the art of holding your tongue, the art of not saying everything that's on your mind. Um, and so I think what you could do is you could say, well, if someone said that to you, how might that make you feel? And if your response, you know, and if your kid's response is, I don't know, I probably wouldn't feel great. So you can say, well, you can think about that um, before you, you know, level a judgment on, on one of your friends. And you can also applaud that they weren't using cruel words and that there isn't anything wrong with being honest. In fact, being honest and observational is like really important. But there are times when we just shouldn't say anything, especially if there's a chance that it might hurt someone's feelings. And then as for the second part, I, I totally agree with you on this one. Because it doesn't seem like there was malice or cruelty in what your seven-year-old said, I don't know why these parents texted you. But it's it's a fascinating thing. And I'm very cu curious, you know, how you responded to this. But if my kid's feelings got hurt by a friend who was just being a fellow seven-year-old, I don't think that I would engage in conversation with the parents. There is totally a time and a place for parental engagement, um, like what we talked about last week with with Jamila and, and the bullies that, 
uh, Naima is dealing with at school. So I, it's, it's, you know, not a, it's not like parents should never talk to one another, but it does seem a little strange that they um, reached out to you in this, in this instance. What do you two think? So I, with, as far as the first part goes, I hundred percent agree with Zach, you know, it's time to talk about the art of the omission. We don't say everything we feel. We have thoughts that we can keep to ourselves you know, if those thoughts might be hurtful to someone. So I don't know if it was, I didn't like your drawing, right. you know, you don't need to share that. I 100% agree. As far as the parents intervening, I don't know. I mean, I told a boy's parent the other day, you know, one of Naima's friends was taunting her and he's her friend and they usually get along, but he was being mean to her. And I ran into the kid's dad in the office and I brought it up. You know, I said, your son yeah. was giving Naima a hard time yesterday. Um, and I just, I think it's good for, I don't know, like I'm kind of into it, you know, because this is what's going to lead to the conversation about the art of the omission. You know, if it's just a matter of these two friends trying to hash it out on their own, your child might not have learned why what they did was wrong. You know, like they may not think to change their behavior anyway, and they may end up doing the same thing again, you know? And so I, I don't think intervening is a bad thing. That's just me. I think, you know, it may be a little dramatic, but again, if this is what leads you to having that point of correction with your kid, this sounds necessary, you know, and can avoid hurting someone else's feelings, then I think that's a good thing. I agree with Jamila on the intervention mm -hmm. that I I think there's a real place for that, but I wonder if, you know, we don't have a lot of details here. I wonder if the way it came across, because I, I was thinking about uh, my friend Michaela and I often will kind of check in with each other about stuff we saw happen with the kids, but I'm never like, hey, you need to fix this with your kid. You know, I'll say like, hey, by the way, I heard, you know, this is what happened in the car. I heard, you know, X kid say something to this other kid. Or they're saying this happened, right? As sort of a, I just want to let you know what I observed or what my kid is reporting. Uh, but leaving it to her, like, I, I don't say to her, we need an apology or you need to have your kid fix this. But I think it is a good way, particularly if they are good friends, to sort of say like, hey, this thing, this thing happened. I just wanted to make you aware. Like, my kid's pretty upset uh, to open that dialogue, right? Because I think that there's a way then for you to go to your kid and say like, hey, did something happen today? And to open up that conversation, right? Um, and to get both sides of the story. But I think if you're texting them like, your kid needs to make this better because they hurt my kid's feelings, that maybe that's not appropriate, right? Um, and, and some of that depends on the relationship that you have with that parent, in terms of like telling white lies and honesty, I was thinking about outside of even just omission, trying to get a picture of what was happening in terms of like, was the advice solicited or not solicited, right? Like, did, yeah. <laughs> did the child say, do you like my haircut? <laughs> and your daughter was like, no. Um, just like those sort of things and, and talking your kid through, there are times in which we offer our opinion and times at which we don't offer the opinion. Um, 
you know, I, we have told our kids sort of, if someone, if there's something about someone's appearance and you want to comment on it, if it is something they can fix in 30 seconds or less, you may tell them in a very kind way. If it is something that they cannot fix in 30 seconds or less, you should just let it go. Um, just to sort of say, these are things, you know, you don't need to comment on every single thing, but there's also times where you want them to be a good friend, uh, and say, you yeah. know, like, Hey, yeah, you have yeah, something yeah. in your teeth or, um, you have a hair there, whatever, yeah, something that can be really easily fixed and is helpful. So, and I don't know that kids always understand that, that difference. Um, you know, but I was thinking like, the other thing is like, what if this was like, well, we didn't invite you to this party because <laughs> X, that's the truth, you know, like then, then was, did they ask like, what did you do this weekend? Like, there's a lot of context that I think you need to review, um, uh, just about how you handle that. And I like the idea of just checking in and saying like, if this had happened to yeah. you, how does it make you feel? But I'll also say that like, one of my kids would not care that that kind of stuff just doesn't bother them. And so it's a little bit harder for him to understand why saying something like that is hurtful, right? Um, mm -hmm. But also learning to read the cues in the moment is something you can talk about. So yes, you said something and it hurt their feelings. How can you now repair the friendship and do the apology right there? Um, and I think that if this parent never told you that maybe you don't have that opportunity to coach your kid on hey even if you didn't mean harm you did upset mm -hmm, someone mm -hmm. it do you want to fix the friendship or do you not want to fix the friendship like that's still a choice they have um and if you do how can i help you learn to do that i think those are hard things even as adults sometimes to navigate yeah i think that's a great point though that like this could be a really good opportunity to um what Marissa Franco, the the psychologist who wrote that book about friendship, called normalizing conflict. Like it's a it's a really great to start early with that for the relationships that you care about. Conflict is good. Conflict is going to help you get to the next level of friendship. So I think in in that in that sense, this this is probably a pretty good laboratory to kind of engage in you know in that dynamic. So um, yeah, please tell us, letter writer, what what was said so we can. <laughs> So we can be more precise. Yeah, we need more details. I think too, can I say, if the parent emails you and you don't want any more, I think it's okay to just say, thanks so much for letting me know. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to engage, you don't have to feel obligated to engage with them anymore either. I think as we get older, we always hope that those lines of communication are o are open. Um, but if you don't open them when they're younger, how would you expect someone to say, hey, I saw your teen right. <laughs> doing something that's potentially dangerous, right. um, you know, and this is the situation. Well, just trying to be honest, we need an update. We need more details. We want to know. We want to know it all. So email us, call us. If you have some tried to true advice or you have your own question, you can email us at slate.com or send us a voicemail, 646-357-9318. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we will see you back here in a second. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
all over the country. We need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now. All right, let's hear our second listener question. Dear Mom and Dad, is it normal for new parents to struggle with being frustrated with their dogs for being dogs once there's a baby in the picture? I ask this with a guilty conscience and a continued love for my dog, but barking at every delivery truck, deer, and squirrel following me up and down the stairs and being underfoot are all so much more complicated now with a baby nursing, napping, or in arms. I also feel more tapped out on providing care even when they want attention. We take them on a long walk every morning to try to tire them out, and baby has white noise. Any suggestions, whether practical or mindset-oriented? Thanks. Um, well, this resonates deeply, letter writer. Mm-hmm. We have the best dog who, uh, Rumi is just one of the sweetest creatures of all time. She's a, she's going to be nine this year. So she preceded all of our children. I often call her our firstborn. Um, and you have to, as, uh, as frustrating as it can be, you have to remember that this dog is part of your household and this dog deserves love. Um, but the thing is, you're giving them love. You are taking them on a long walk each morning, which is a lot more than I can say about uh, what we did with Rumi when we had newborns. So you're already doing great. This is very, very good. You're showing them that you care about them. You are intentionally spending time with them. You're you're doing what is likely their favorite um, thing in life. You're letting them go sniff on their walk. Also, the freaking barking at delivery trucks, it's so annoying. But there will come a time very soon when your newborn is no longer a newborn and their their sleeping isn't as precarious as it is now. So your dog is going to continue to be a dog by barking, um, but it's not going to, the barks aren't going to have such high stakes um, soon enough because your kid will just be, you know, um, out in the world rather than sleeping 18 hours a day. So you're doing great. Um, but yeah, uh, this dog deserves love. And you are just inevitably not going to have the time for your dog that you once did. And dogs are pretty adaptable. As long as you're feeding them and petting them and taking them for a walk, like, that's fine. And one thing that we do, which I'm sure a lot of parents would have um, opinions about, our dog sleeps with us every night. Um, And our kids do not sleep with us. So the dog, that's like really special time for Rumi when she has our undivided attention. Um, and that's that's special for the dog because just like a, a human, I think they recognize, oh, I'm getting special time without having to compete with this stupid baby. Whether or not you sleep with your dog, just like, you know, taking like two minutes out of your day just to go and cuddle with them, they don't require much. So as long as you're doing that, I think you're doing great. I think you're doing just fine. I think as a new parent, Everything can get on your nerves. Your neighbor who has this thing songy voice that used to brighten your day saying good morning. Oh, that's such a you specific know, like, example. That person exists, don't they? I know. Honest. Somewhere they somewhere they do. Um, but it, you know what I mean? Like just think like you're tired all the time. Yeah. You're drained. So the baby's gonna get on your nerves at some point too. I mean, it's just it's completely normal. 
I had a cat when Naima was born and I had to let him go, you know, which I did not feel good about. But he didn't, to be fair, he never liked me. Um, so that was part of it. I loved him. He did not love me back. And he started peeing in Naima's things. So that's, that's he, pretty hardcore. That was that was rough. Um, but it sounds like you're doing great. Like you're taking the dog on a long walk every morning. That's love. You're showing love. So I think you will get past this. I think it's also easier to be frustrated with the dog than with the baby. You know, that's yes. a safe place to place your annoyance at just the circumstances that you're dealing with right now, which are very challenging. But, you know, you're not hitting the dog or yelling at the dog. You're still showing him love every day. I think you're doing fine. I think over time you will lose this newfound sensitivity to the dog just being a dog. Yeah. Yes, this letter writer starts off by saying, is this normal? So I Googled it and it there are like whole Reddit boards. There are several articles out there. So yes, very, very normal. One of the highest times to surrender you know, a dog to a shelter is when you have a new baby. So I think that can tell you like this is a very normal phase. Uh, a couple of things I was thinking about, we don't have any pets, but my son walks several of the dogs in the neighborhood, um, including uh, being able to walk dogs for people that have newborns. That is like something that That's cool. people on our Facebook group are looking for <laughs> to take the dog out of the house for for an hour or, you know, even half hour or whatever, just like someone else to go play with the dog. Or I guess on that, like, can you put the dog in a doggy daycare once a week? Like right. if you are feeling like this is overwhelming at this point, outsource it for a little bit, right? Like it is okay to be like, this is a plan. Sometimes knowing it will pass is good or knowing like, hey, this is really normal. And plenty of families continue on having a dog and very happy relationship with the child and the dog and being part of the family. This is just a really hard phase where like Jamila said a lot of things start to bother you yeah. that never were never a problem uh before yeah. so oh that hang in there yeah 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 and that just reminded me um you might already be doing this but if your dog is a gentle dog you should also just like put your baby on the dog or near the dog and just like get the baby really comfortable with being licked and stuff because then they will grow up to be um, fans of the dog rather than afraid of the dog. So just like, you know, put them in a playpen together and with, with supervision. Um, and I think that's, that's really good for, for sibling bonding. Yeah. And apparently it's really good for your immune system. There's like all these studies that show, uh, kids licked by animals are yeah. <laughs> of healthier immune yeah. systems. Dog bath. Well, yeah, dog bath time. Thank you so much for writing in. Again, if anyone has advice for our listeners, uh, we'd love to hear it. We want to know your dog kids stories. How to go? Let this letter writer know she's not alone. You can email us at momanddad at slate.com or send us a voicemail at 646-357-9318. That's also where you can send any questions of your own. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company & Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Finally, it's time for recommendations. Jamila, what are you recommending this week? I am recommending Jared from Subway catching a monster. Oh, my God. It is a docu-series. It originally aired on ID, but it's streaming on Hulu. And he was taken down in a really incredible way. There was this woman, this radio host, who interviewed him for a show uh, about his weight loss journey. And he leans over to her. They're getting ready to do a visit at a school. And he says, middle school girls are really hot. And just from him saying this to this woman, oh, she takes it upon herself to start her own investigation because she felt like that wasn't enough information to take to the police. Right. And so she's creepy. Enters his life. She records him and she gets all these recordings of him and she takes the tapes to the FBI. And the FBI is like, yeah, except for these recordings are illegal. We can't use them. But what we can do is have you wear a wire and record for us. And so she starts working for the FBI to take him down. And I don't want to spoil the rest of it, but it's just really... A very disturbing story, but also just like an incredible testament to this woman's resolve because she spent like three years, you know, on this. Well, and just her like spidey sense too, right? Like following those instincts of like, this is, this is off. I can't, I can't put my finger on it, but this is really off. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Wow. It's a very interesting, very disturbing watch. How do we watch it? Uh, It's streaming on Hulu. Okay. Um. Well, I am going to recommend a children's book called Have I Ever Told You by Shawnee King, illustrated by Anna Horvath. Have either of you seen this? No. Yes, yes. It's a beautiful book because I realized this the other night when I was reading it to the kids. I'm just going to read a couple pages because it's really short. Have I ever told you that you can be whatever you want to be? Have I ever told you that you can be a president, a doctor, a lawyer, a professor, a firefighter, a police officer, a scientist, an astronaut, a dancer, an inventor, a musician, or an entrepreneur? Have I ever told you that? Have I ever told you that? Then I'll skip ahead a bit. Have I ever told you that you make me laugh out loud? Have I ever told you that? So it's all these beautiful affirmations that, I mean, I believed all of these things before, but I realized I had never articulated them to the kids. And it's just a really good way to get you to externalize what I'm sure you're already thinking about your kids. But um, saying it out loud is actually really powerful. Um, Have I ever told you that I love the stories you tell and the conversations we have and that I love to listen to you and talk with you? And like when I was reading this to Noah, like she would say yes to a lot of them, but sometimes she would say no, like you haven't told me that. So I was like, oh, (laughs) I'm so glad that I have now told you. Um, And the illustrations are really cool, kind of this pop art style. They're beautiful. It's a great short little book. I love a feel good book. Yeah. I am recommending the music listening curriculum that we use. It's called Squilt Music, which stands for Super Quiet Uninterrupted Listening Time. Uh, What I like about it is we use like the full 
curriculum. Like we study something and we have this music listening calendar. But first of all, Squilt has on their blog just a free Spotify music list that you can uh, use that has all of these great kind of music appreciation type things from Japanese drumming to jazz to all of these things kind of in one uh, Spotify list that they have picked out that kids like. So that's super fun. What we use it for is we get a monthly listening calendar, and uh, it comes with a little YouTube playlist and one song to listen to. Mm. We do this during breakfast. So as we all sit down, we turn on our little uh, thing. You can play it on YouTube, or sometimes I just have Alexa play the song, and we just sit quietly and listen to it. And then we can draw or we talk about it. You could just play it in the car. Um, But it's a fun little thing we do every morning. Each month is a different um, theme. So far, we uh, January was musicals. February was jazz. March is piano. Our all-time favorite one was drumming of the world. That was super cool. And we uh, got to hear a bunch of stuff that I'm not sure I would have even known to like pull up or different types of drumming. So it's just really fun. They, of course, have a full homeschool program you can do. Uh, You can also just go check out the free Spotify list. Again, it's called Squilt Music Appreciation. So S-Q-U-I-L-T. If we want to just do some like basic music appreciation 101 like what are some what are some exercises or like questions you ask when you're listening to music that kind of get at some of this stuff so my favorite thing to do is just have the kids draw what they are hearing so just paper and uh they just draw a picture and then you have them explain the picture uh because i think that's that's a little bit um more concrete, right? Than trying to say like, what does it make you feel? And then you can start talking about how the music made them like, why did you choose the red? You know, uh, we now with the older kids are talking about like, well, which instrument stood out to you? Like, did you hear a specific part of this? Was there some of the kids will color to like the rhythm or the tempo, right? They take a more literal approach. So we talk about that. Like, did it make your body feel a different way? Uh, we've done ones where you like dance or you play with Play-Doh during it. Uh, just different ways to kind of make the music feel internal cool all right well that does it for today this episode of mom and dad are fighting is produced by rosemary belson and maura curry alicia montgomery is vp of slate audio for jamila lemieux and zach rosen i'm elizabeth newcamp thanks for listening 